Hello, my rebels. If you think the World Economic Forum was crazy, you know, those are the people who say you'll own nothing and you'll be happy, those folks. Well, they, they've got a new thing. You won't be happy at all. Being sad is the new happy. You think I'm making it up. I am not making it up. I will prove it to you. Trouble is, some of the evidence I'm going to show you is video only. And they, there's no words in it. It's just images. And I I wish you could see it because I think you're going to lose a little bit on the podcast. I apologize for that. But it's just the nature of the medium. And I'd like to invite you to get the video version of this podcast by going to rebelnewsplus.com and clicking subscribe. It's eight bucks a month. You get the video version of this podcast. Plus Sheila Gunn-Reed, David Menzies, Andrew Chapados. They have weekly podcasts. It's only eight bucks a month, half the price of Netflix and the satisfaction that you're helping keep Rebel News afloat, we don't take a dime from the government. And in today's case, you really need to see what the World Economic Forum says with your eyes because they don't say it, they show it. Anyways, you'll still enjoy the podcast, I'm sure. Here it is. Tonight, the World Economic Forum says you should get used to being unhappy. It's October 25th, and this is the Ezra Levant Show. Why should others go to jail Why? when you're a biggest carbon yeah. consumer I know? There's 8,500 customers here, and you won't give them an answer. The only thing I have to say to the government about why I publish it is because it's my bloody right to do so. One of the most famous lines in the U.S. Declaration of Independence is in the preamble. I'm a Canadian, and so are most viewers of this show, but I know you know it. We hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal, that they are endowed by the Creator with certain unalienable rights, and among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. You've heard that. Just turn that over in your mind for a little bit. You don't just have the right to life and to liberty, which really means to be left alone, to do your thing. It's a kind of negative freedom, freedom from. Free speech is freedom from censorship. Freedom of mobility is the freedom from being stopped, right? All of these things are under attack by the government right now, uh, by the way. But that last part there, the pursuit of happiness, that's a positive right. You're allowed to go out there and find your own path to pursue happiness. It's incredible, actually. Imagine putting that in your Declaration of Independence. It's rather poetic. You have the right to be happy, and that's because you were meant to be happy. Or more precisely, to pursue happiness. You're not guaranteed you'll find it. No one can guarantee you will be happy, but you can try to get there on your own pursuit. You gotta admit that's so great. We don't have that kind of talk in our nation's primary documents, uh, but our Constitution includes the word uh, lumber, wood chips, and sawdust. Did you know that? So take that, you happiness-pursuing Americans. Does your Constitution talk about sawdust? Ours does. Well, the U.S. Constitution is falling out of favor with the masters of the universe. The First Amendment in their Bill of Rights, freedom of speech, freedom of religion, that sort of thing, well, they're trying to get rid of that up here in Canada, we don't have the Bill of Rights, so we're not as protected. We're about to see the new internet censorship laws introduced. They're doing that in the United Kingdom, too. 
on the freedom of religion side, you can see that they're arresting pastors in Canada almost every week now because pastors obey a higher power than Justin Trudeau and Theresa Tam, and that can't be allowed. Um, the UK hasn't arrested pastors, but they're uh, certainly going to ban the internet. Censorship, but this story today, I got you a crazier story. Uh, the World Economic Forum, that's the globalist lobby group based in Davos, Switzerland. They're literally campaigning against happiness itself. I'm serious. These are the people, you will recall, who tell you that in the future, you're going to own nothing and you're going to love it. I'm serious. They, they say this. They promote this. They're also the folks telling you to stop eating meat and to start eating bugs instead. As if those billionaires, when they meet in Davos, don't eat and drink whatever they want, and it ain't bugs. But look at this. This is new. This is a new level of crazy, even for them. Fear, anger, and sadness are natural emotions, and we should embrace them too. <laughs> Embrace fear, embrace anger and sadness. The U.S. Declaration of Independence promised you the right to pursue happiness. The globalists in 2021 are telling you to embrace fear, anger and sadness and eating bugs and owning nothing. They've even invented a new phrase, toxic positivity, as if being hopeful and happy and positive and optimistic is toxic. And of course, we know what we do to toxic things. We ban them. We fight against them. We denounce them. We've been doing that to toxic masculinity for a decade now. Being happy is what's next to be attacked. Here, watch a little bit. They put together this video. Oh, psychologists are saying that. Really? Who? Some crackpot somewhere? The same person who tells us that owning nothing will make us happy? Why are you referring to some authority? Psychologists say, stop lying. This is a political agenda. There's no science here. Then they say, sure, being happy might sound nice, but it's actually a mask. It's false. It's a lie. And it covers up problems. Don't be happy. That's evil. Don't be happy. That's cruel. Don't be happy. You're actually a mean person. So when you pretend to be happy, that's a lie. It's toxic. And if you're not wallowing around enough in grievance and being sorry, get on it. It's like what we've done to Canada as a country, permanently flying our flag at half-mast. We should be ashamed, not patriotic as a country. Now they want to do that to you too, personally. Only a liar would be happy. Only a deceiver, because things are awful. And if you're happy, it's just a mask. Imagine condemning someone for trying to cheer up a friend, for saying, hey, look on the bright side. Why the hell would anyone give such awful advice, telling someone not to cheer up a friend? Why would anyone try and rebrand being happy as actually being evil? Is it so there's no difference anymore between good and bad, happy and sad? Is it to make being evil the new happy, being negative the new positive? You have to be sad to grow, otherwise you're shallow, they say. Look at this. They say the internet is too happy, too positive. I've never heard that before. I mean, on Twitter, it's nothing but negativity. No, no, no. It's too happy. Why would they say that? Well, of course, to license the state to crack down on the internet, to silence the voices they don't like. Uh, take a look at this. So you have to be sad to be happy. 
Being sad keeps you safe. Being sad and stressed and depressed will take care of you. Don't you know, we have some psychologist who says so, and we wouldn't lie to you, would we? Why would they say all this? Well, it's the new dreary future. Trump said, make America great again. He was an optimist. And in many ways, he did make America great. A great economy, lots of confidence, strong foreign policy. Joe Biden is like Jimmy Carter. He's managing an economy in decline, rampant inflation, disastrous exit in Afghanistan, supply chain crisis. And here's the Washington Post, owned by the Amazon owner, Jeff Bezos. He, he says... Don't rant about short staff stores and supply chain woes. Try to lower expectations. Hey, guys, just try and lower expectations. Your whole life, you've lived a life of plenty. You've never gone to a grocery store that wasn't full on the shelves. Well, time to lower your expectations. Expect less. And expect pay more for what you get. You'll own nothing and you'll be happy. Happy people are toxic. You heard the World Economic Forum. It's the new talking point for Joe Biden's spokesman. Here she is on soaring gas prices. Go ahead. Let me ask you if I can about gas prices. The president was asked about that. A lot of Americans have been concerned about mm-hmm. the cost to go to the pump these days. He said, I don't see anything that's going to happen in the meantime that's going to significantly reduce gas prices. He said, I don't have a near-term answer. For Americans who are looking for an answer, what is the answer? Well, what is true, and I think the president, as we, as I said earlier, was quite candid last night, as the American people should express from him, uh, expect from him, and from any president. Um, and there are limitations to what any president can do as it relates to gas prices. Here's what we have been doing. As we've said for some time, we are engaging broadly with OPEC uh, on our concerns at a range of levels. Um, and that is something we will continue to do. As you know, Jake Sullivan, our national security advisor, recently met with leaders in Saudi Arabia and certainly raised this issue. So much for build back better. That implied happiness, improvement, growth, success, prosperity. It's going to get better. No, no, no. I think they pretty much abandoned that now because it ain't getting better. Now it's endless depression, recession, unhappiness, and masks and endless vaxes and boosters, plus inflation and high gas prices. So you better get used to being sad and depressed. That's the new happy. Haven't you heard? Stay with us for more from some people fighting back for the right to dance. a very Quebec-style protest. Laissez-nous danser, let us dance. You know, movies like Footloose where they banned dancing. Dancing? How can you ban dancing? Are you not allowed to dance? I mean, just watch any music video, even West Side Story. Don't they have sort of a dance-off, the rival gangs? How about Michael Jackson's Thriller or Michael Jackson's Bad or half of Michael Jackson's repertoire, they settle their grievances through dance. Isn't that better than through fists? Let your feet do the talking. Well, 
I have to tell you that Quebec has banned dancing. I don't quite get it because massive concerts by Hollywood celebrities are permitted, but not dancing in little bars and clubs here to talk to us about it. And our campaign to let them dance is our friend Alexa Lavoie, our Quebec correspondent. Great to see you. Great to see you. Hi, great to see you too. You know, um, it's a very Quebec thing to protest for the right to dance. Tell us a little bit about it. Uh, it. It feels very French. It feels very artistic, something that maybe we wouldn't see in Toronto, but it's caught the imagination of many Quebecers. So actually, recently in uh, the Bell Centre, we had 15,000 people dancing for uh, Enrique Iglesias' show, Enrique Martin. Um, nobody, but most of the people didn't wear masks and they were dancing. And for the scientists, it was not a problem. So since uh, they reopened the bar, we are not allowed to dance in the bar here. So I think people are enough and they wanted to make their voice heard that they want to dance back. And uh, it's why they, they bring all the artists, all the DJ, and they make like a big like protest and say like, let us dance. You know what, it's such a beautiful idea, let us dance. You would have to have a heart uh, as small as the Grinch who stole Christmas to say, no, you can't dance. Imagine being a politician who says, I think you can't dance. And imagine being a policeman who goes out to enforce the ban on dancing. I can't believe that a single policeman in all of Quebec, when they were a kid, thought, I'm going to grow up, go to the police academy, study how to be a police officer so I can go around Quebec arresting people for illegal dancing. It's almost yeah. too ridiculous to be true. If that was a Hollywood movie, people would say, come on, that's not believable. But it's real life in Quebec in 2021. Yeah, and I just met like a manager of a bar uh, during that day. And what he was saying to me, if two people are dancing or people are dancing in the bar, is like, it, it was risking a fine himself and them too that's crazy you know um in the united kingdom they had some rules about a year ago against singing in the bar and sounds sort of i mean it's just as ridiculous but there were a lot of practical questions i'm not even kidding is spoken word like beat po like rapping is that singing? What if you don't know the words and you just sort of go la la la? Is that singing? What if you just hum? And how loud is singing? Like if you speak melodiously, is that singing or does that like there's I know that sounds ridiculous, but the ridiculous thing is banning singing. So all sorts of questions were well, what exactly is singing? Can you sing to yourself in the bathroom? I don't know. And I think the same applies for dancing. Yeah. If you're standing by yourself, is that dancing? If you're dancing by yourself, what if you're dancing at a wedding? Is that allowed? Yeah. Or what if your dancing is so bad, it's like Elaine Bennis on Seinfeld, and people just think, you know, I mean, I'm having a little bit of fun with the question, but imagine being an inspector or an officer and having to enforce this law. Really, if you rock back and forth, is that dancing? What if it's slow dancing? This is the dumbest thing I've ever heard of, Alexa. 
But actually, I think it's just for uh, stopping people to have fun together. Uh, because I don't see the point to stop people dancing and singing as well. But I, I'm not really surprised of now. Every measure doesn't make sense. It's not based on science. It's really just for stopping people gathering and having fun. You know, it reminds me of when public health officers across Canada, inclu including Theresa Tam, had advice for wearing masks when you kiss people or wearing masks when you have sex. I don't want to hear from Theresa Tam about what her particular kink is. You want to wear a mask if you're having sex? Please don't tell me about it. I don't want that to haunt my dreams. But. You, you know, there's no science behind any of this, and I bet they dance when they bloody well feel like it. I don't like the fact that they're telling people not to dance. You're right. It really is whatever they can be irritating. They want to break us apart. They want to stop us from gathering and commiserating and talking and living like the social beings we are. They want us to be separate and alone and demoralized and sad and scared. And if you're together and dancing and laughing and singing and drinking and maybe even kissing, then you have a power that's of your own creation. You're not at the mercy of the state. I think that only terrible people would order an entire province not to dance. Yeah, yeah. You're, you're completely right. It's, it's, it's what they want. They want us to be separate and be alone with ourselves and and when you're alone and when you separate people, you can take over them really easily. Yeah, I mean, one of the first thing that, I mean, it's typical in a cult, the cult isolates people. They isolate them from their friends and family. They break their social bonds. And, I, and that way they're psychologically more vulnerable, they're less resilient. I think some of those psychological manipulation techniques have been happening here. Tell me a little bit more before we go about the demonstration, because it's one thing to have a ridiculous law, but in a wonderful, and I have to tell you, I admire Quebecers, and I admire the French in France, both of whom seem to stand up for their freedoms, more even than Anglos in the English Canada. Tell me about the demonstration where people were fighting for their right to dance. So I was, it was really a different kind of demonstration because most of the people were double vax and they were like, I'm double vax, I'm following all the rules. I'm, I've been like, you know, really a good citizen and they still not like permit me to have my freedom back. And they, we can see them that they were like, okay, I'm going to do everything that what the government tell me. So I would have like what they promised me, my freedom, but it's not the case. So we saw like really, you know, people who, um, who got the vaccine and they were like, you know what, I'm not scared. And I asked them, are you scared to got anything now? Are you scared or do you feel at risk? They say, no, I'm not. I just, I just want to dance. I just want to have fun. I just want to, to experiment, to, to, you know, to just, to live my life as before. And uh, it was really nice. It was uh, a lot of um, color, energy, and people were really happy to be there. And uh, unfortunately, uh, the police stopped it like uh, two hours before the end, but that's another thing. <laughs> hmm. Well, Alexa, I'm so glad you're there to bring 
us those stories. First of all, you're telling the stories for Quebecers, so Quebecers can hear the other side of the story, because the Quebec media is like the rest of the media in Canada. It's very one-sided, but I also love the fact that you're sharing these Quebec stories with the rest of us in Ontario and the Atlantic and the West, so we can see that there is resistance to this tyranny in Quebec, and I love the the Let Us Dance protest. We have a petition at letusdance.ca. Yeah. If people feel like signing it, please feel to do so. Or lesenudanser.com. Is that right? Do I have the French version? Lesenudanser.ca. .ca. That means points.ca. <laughs> Excusez-moi for getting more français incorrect. <laughs> My French is terrible, Alexa. That's why we're so glad to have no. you to say it and do it right. <laughs> Great to see you. Keep up the fight. We love your fighting spirit, and uh, we can hardly wait to see what you do next. Thank you, my friend. Thank you. Bye-bye. All right, there you have it. Alexa Lavoie on the front lines of the Battle of the Dances in Quebec. Stay with us. More ahead. Welcome back. Your feedback. Someone named Second Kaiser says the phrase for the common good is the all encompassing justification for coercion and tyranny. Well, there is a place for the common good, absolutely. But what happens when the majority is tyrannical? I mean, you could say two people uh, robbing a third. Well, let's have a vote about it. Who says we rob the guy, oh, it's two against one, that's a democracy. No, the whole point about a constitutional democracy with enshrined civil rights is there are some things that even a majority cannot do. Um, it may be that your neighbor wants you vaxxed, that your neighbor wants you to do this or that. They might actually even be right. But in a, a liberal democracy, you have certain rights that can't be taken away from you, even if there is a vote, even if two gunmen uh, meet you in an alley and have a vote two to one to take your stuff. Uclamello says, in Italy, some things never go out of style. Suits, fascism, and corruption. You know, I don't really understand what's going on. We, we spoke to Brie of the Epic Times, and she seemed uh, more positive about the Vatican's role there, but of course it was just brutal. Imagine being banned from working at all if you're not vaxxed anywhere. Market Edge Pro says, you are witnessing the fourth industrial revolution. It is very coordinated. I don't know if I would call it an industrial revolution, um, at least not this vaccine lockdown thing. I just don't think that's an industrial revolution. It doesn't meet that uh, meaning of those words to me. I think it's using the crisis of the pandemic opportunistically to put people in a state of fear and to use that as an excuse to bring in a permanent surveillance state, as Ron DeSantis calls it, a biomedical security state. I think um, there's a famous saying on the left, it's a Leninist saying, the worse the better, never let an opportunity, a crisis go to waste. I think that's what's happening here. I don't really think it's about an industrial revolution other than implementing a surveillance state, China-style, social credit-style, and it's not good. That's our show for today. Until tomorrow, on behalf of all of us here at Rubber World Headquarters, to you at home, good night, and keep fighting for freedom. And let me say goodbye to you by playing for you an interview of a teenager trying to cross the border, said the wrong things, and he's got thousands of dollars in fines. What's going on? Take a look at this.
when he leaves the border, he calls me and he was with a shaking voice. He tells me they didn't give me a $120 fine. Uh, there's quite a few digits on the fine. And he was scared to tell me how much it was. He was shaken. He says it's $6,250 fine. And uh, I had to reassure him and try and calm him down, but he was completely shaken. Catherine Krasnowski here for Rebel News. I'm in Thornhill, Ontario today with Hani Zaltzman, who is speaking to me on behalf of her 15-year-old son, who was slapped with over $6,000 worth of fines crossing the border. He was fined because he didn't have a COVID test, but he actually did. It was just a small communication error in the email address, which we'll let Hani explain. It's a, it's a huge fine for a minor, and we're going to get to the bottom of how that happened. But stick around until the end of the video, because I'm going to get an update from our legal team on the status of this case. And I'm also going to ask you to get involved in helping Hani and her whole family and the thousands of other people that we're helping with Fight the Fines. This happened uh, in June. My son was in New York uh, with his friends, and uh, he took a COVID test on Sunday, and he was returning on Monday. Uh, he took an Amtrak uh, from New York to Buffalo, and then he had a taxi from Buffalo to the border, and then another taxi from the border back home to Toronto. And uh, when he arrives at the border, he's calling me. As he's approaching the border, he's calling me and asking me, do I have, uh, can I forward my COVID test to the taxi driver? And he has no phone. So he tells me to forward the COVID, the COVID test result to the taxi driver. And I'm like, I never got a COVID test result. He tells me about I sent it to your email and I realized that it was because the, he was missing the dots between my first and last name in my email. So um, he arrived, so he arrived, we tried to get a COVID test. The thing is that he arrived uh, to Buffalo around 12 a.m. So we couldn't get a COVID test there done like in Buffalo. And uh, he tried to check into a hotel because I had a COVID test that I would get the result. I would get it. I would call the place where he did it and get the result the next morning. He tried to check into three hotels. And um, and all the hotels refused to take him because he's a minor. He's 15 years old, so he couldn't check into a hotel, and he had to uh, he had to go through the border. And uh, so we tried to explain at the border. He explained that he has a COVID test. We can show it to them the next morning, but uh, right now we don't have it. So they said it's okay. We'll call public health and try and let him through the border. Public health calls me in the middle of the night, and I explained to them the situation. They said that's that's okay. Uh, they were actually not interested in seeing the COVID test the next day, but they told me we'll let him through. And they gave him, uh, and they said, well, it's just a hundred, $125 fine. So I reassured my son that he can get, he'll get through the border. He should just hold on. And um, when he, so he's by the border. And uh, when he leaves the border, he calls me and he was with a shaking voice. He tells me they didn't give me a $120 fine. Uh, there's quite a few digits on the fine and he was scared to tell me how much it was. He was shaken. He says it's $6,250 fine. And uh, I had to reassure him and try and calm him down, but he, he was completely shaken. He comes home with a six, over $6,000 fine and his, uh, he's scared, right? And now you are on the hook for that fine. Yeah, he, he was definitely traumatized. He wasn't treated very well by the border, by the officials. Uh, he, he was traumatized and the next day when he's home, I mean, in the morning when he got home, we tried to calm him down and tell him that it's okay. It's not, we're not going to have to, we're not going to take the money from, it's not like he has money to pay for it. <laughs> I told him not to worry about it. It's, it's not an amount that we can pay anyways. Uh, and I'll try to do whatever I can and that he shouldn't worry about it. <laughs> so 
but uh, the trauma of the border and everything that he went through trying to uh, trying to find a place trying to find a hotel he did go through quite a quite a night he did get his negative test right he has tested come back negative yeah, i know what i want i wanted to add that uh, yeah they were they were not interested in seeing the covid test the next day neither public health nor the border i told them i can show it to you the next day but that was that was not relevant to them unfortunately there is no rule for showing your test within 24 hours at the border um, it's fictitious. It's never been a rule. It's akin to showing up to the police station with an insurance card if you've been pulled over and you don't have that. It doesn't exist, unfortunately. Um, you must have proof of your test when you're crossing the border. That includes if you're a minor and if you're vaccinated, whether or not you're accompanied. That sounds like an ordeal, the poor guy. Um, so he was a, with a friend. Was the friend also going through the same motions or the friend had his, his test? So the friend was with him, uh, thankfully to my son, <laughs> and um, he had a test. He had a test with him, uh, So, but he was just there waiting for my son. They weren't, he wasn't going to leave him alone, stranded. <laughs> so he was there supporting him a little. That's good. That's a nice friend. I was um, I was a minor once traveling alone, and I my flight was overbooked, so they had to put me in a hotel, and the hotels said the same thing to me. They wouldn't take me because I was under 18 at the time. And you said that the border officials weren't very nice to your son. Is that right? They were a little bit treating him like, why don't you have your COVID test here? Like, we're doing something wrong. We, knew we They were very strict with him. They were not trying to calm him down at all. That feeling of like, I just want to get home. And I'm being told I can't get home. And I can't sleep in a safe, warm bed in a hotel room. And then I wonder also how the fine went from $125, which is what they told you, to over 6000 Public health said that it was 125 and then the border agent gave him a $6,000 fine. It's like, that is not in the budget, right? $6,000. I'm so sorry that that happened to you, but I'm so glad that we can help you fight this fine in court at no cost to you. How did you hear about Fight the Fines? So uh, the next day, I uh, posted about this fine uh, with all my shock on my on a family chat. And a cousin of mine told me about uh, Ezra Levant and Fight the Fines and Rebel News. So I said, you know what? I'll try it. That's amazing. So um, if you don't already know, uh, Rebel News, we use our network of, of viewers and donors who generously donate to a registered Canadian charity called the Democracy Fund. So none of the money comes to Rebel News. It goes from the Democracy Fund straight to the legal teams, the lawyers and the paralegals who will be fighting these fines for you. Uh, I'm really thankful for uh, this uh, charity organization and, and all the work that you do. I'm going to get an update from the legal team. Thank you so much for talking to me. I feel that this case is definitely a winner. I've already found several flaws in the way that this case is being presented. Um, it's not going to be for anything, any sexy or dramatic reason, but I can definitely see this being withdrawn. And if it's not withdrawn, there's going to be a whole host of triable issues that we serve on a platter for the Justice of the Peace to review. Um, namely, um, that this is a youth that we're talking about. To help us keep fighting for the liberty of all Canadians, please visit fightthefines.com today and donate. You really can make a difference.